Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, joining us on In Conversation, a Rugby Pass podcast today with Scotty Stevenson is uh, none other than uh, Sir Brian Williams, BG. A uh, good day to you, a happy new year to you, and how are you? Good, Sumo, and happy new year to you and all the listeners. Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Sir Brian. Look, um, first of all, let's cover the knighthood. What a moment for you, and richly deserved, may I add. No, thank you, uh, Sumo. You, you call me BG, mate. All my mates do, and all my mates. But, um, yeah, no, that, that was a special uh, special occasion for sure. And, um, uh, you know, I, I guess you live your life, and some sometimes these things come along, and... Um, yeah, it was a big thrill at the time, for sure. Oh, you're humble to the end, uh, BG. You're humble to the end, <laughs> mate. Today, the purpose of today, really, is is just to have a conversation with you about what rugby has meant to you, some of your experiences of the game. And uh, I, I think among your generation, Brian, you, you hold such a unique position in, in some of the things that you in particular have experienced and, and the pathways that you have forged. Uh, did you think about it as a young man, Brian, that you would be as trailblazing as you were as a rugby player and as a member of the All Black side? No, not not really, Sumo. I, I think, um, you know, it was, it was always a great dream uh, to, to be an All Black and to play at the highest level. But um, you just take uh, one game at a time. And back in those days, we we played club rugby and then provincial rugby and then international rugby. And, um, you know, if you were fortunate enough to... to uh, climb uh, through the ranks, um, then then you had the sort of um, careers that, that um, you know I, I was able to have at international level. All the all the travel, all the mates, all the um, wonderful experiences that, that we had. But at the same time, um, the game was amateur, and we we had to forge our own lives uh, uh, to make sure we earned enough money to live. Yeah, well, exactly right. It was very different, mate, and, and uh, I don't need to point out your career to you because it was quite something. 113 All Black matches, uh, 38 Test matches among those, 75 games for the All Blacks, 71 points um, in Tests and 330 in All Black games. But for most people, even though you'd made that Auckland side in the late 60s uh, as an 18-year-old, it, it was that 1970 tour uh, that really put you firmly, not just on New Zealand's radar, BG, but on the world's radar. Your memories of that tour, and, and not just on the field, but everything politically that swirled around your involvement on that tour. 
Well, it was a, a very daunting uh, time, I've got to say, um, and I've said it before. Not not only uh, for the fact that I was a new All Black and 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 obviously um, playing alongside people I'd, I'd grown up idolising, the Colonies mm. and Brian Lahore's and um, Ian Kirkpatrick and and um, so many other uh, great names of the 1960s. Mm. So that was one thing, but on the other hand, um, you know, the fact that uh, I was one of the first four players of, of coloured blood, for want of a better term, uh, to be selected to go to South Africa. So apartheid mm. obviously was a great concern, um, certainly for me, and I've, I've said it before again, that when the plane uh, touched down in Johannesburg, I had this panic attack. Suddenly it all hit me, you know, what 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 was going to happen next, what mm. what uh, fate was going to befall me, you know, once you go into apartheid South Africa. So, yeah. um, but in the event, you know, I took one step after the other and <laughs> and suddenly I was playing my first game and scoring my first try and, um, and then I was away, really. Were you aware, uh, and I, I guess you were, otherwise you wouldn't be having a panic attack, but were you aware of the significance of you being on that tour and, and what, what roads that might pave for others in, in later times? I, I don't think I, I was aware of it. Uh, I, I was a, a law student, so I like mm. to think that I had a, a social <laughs> conscience, so I say, but um, no, you, you didn't quite realise um, the significance of it all. And I, I guess as, as time went by, we had that uh, fateful 1981 Springbok tour and then Nelson Mandela obviously becoming... Uh, being released from Robben Island and mm. then becoming uh, president of South Africa. So I, I guess it was only in later life that you realise the significance of, you know, it, it just created a small dent in the um, in the armoury of uh, apartheid that um, they were willing to accept four of us uh, as the first uh, coloured players to go to South Africa, and that that certainly did have its impact uh, down down the line. Mm. The career, as we mentioned before, was uh, significant for so many reasons, BG, not just your ability to score tries, but um, the way the All Blacks played the game in those years. I, I look through that first test team in Pretoria on that 1972, and names like Fergie McCormick, Dick Thorne, McRae, uh, Cottrell, Laidlaw, Lahore, Kirkpatrick, Strahan, Smith, Muller, Hopkinson. I mean, these were... These were big names, and they were tough men, a lot of them. But it was a very mixed team for its time, wasn't it, when you consider the likes of you and Chris Laidlaw, who were very studious men, university men, and the likes of BJ Lahore, uh, also now Sir Brian Lahore, who, who was much more a country man, died in the wool. Did you, did you enjoy the mix of people? Because you had grown up in urban Auckland. Yeah, well, I, I did enjoy it, but um, I... I wasn't probably aware of so much of, of the differences. As as I mentioned, they were my heroes, mm. and that was a difference. I, <laughs> I was just a novice, a, a little kid from uh, Polynesian kid from Auckland, and these these were my heroes. So that that was the biggest difference. But as, as time went by, uh, you start to realise that we're, we're definitely all from different necks of the woods, mm. and um, mm. and and it's how you all all come together. You know, the common bond is. Is doing the best for the All Blacks, doing the best for, for New Zealand, mm. and and that does bind you together. Mm. But I think as time goes by, you realise that um, you know Grizz Wiley and and me, for example, were <laughs> like chalk and cheese. Oh yeah, you know? uh, we we became great mates and still are. But um, 
just from totally different uh, uh, lifestyles. Yeah, I want to I want to go forward eight years, and I, and I know I'm cutting out a lot of time here, BG, uh, in your career because there's there's so much more to discuss about the All Blacks, but but there are other things that I I think are just as important to you in your life. But I, I think about who you started playing with, and then your final test, uh, which was against Scotland, uh, part of the Grand Slam winning All Black side of 1978, the first time the All Blacks had achieved that. There had been an almost entire turnover of the playing roster, apart from you. Uh, you were the, pretty much the sole survivor from that 1970 era uh, through into 78. Yeah, well, you're right, I, I guess. And, and, you know, the 1970 team after that tour, mm. uh, most of the players who carried the All Blacks through a you know, pretty successful era of the 1960s uh, all retired. Mm. So I found myself, you know, in 1971 for the Lions tour, one of the, the more experienced players in the back line. And, and um you know, that, that was pretty hard to deal with at, at yeah. the time. And yeah. uh, by 1978, uh, as you say, um, many of the players who played in 1970 were long gone. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think they'd all long gone. And, and so many of my contemporaries of, of the early 70s as, as well. Mm. Well, I mean, it was it was a stunning career. But then, of course, you, en- you enjoyed a law career for a long time as well, BG. But one thing you never lost was your affiliation to club and, and the time you spend and uh, still spend w- with the Ponsonby Club, uh, I, I think that's what most of us treasure you for, how much you've given back to that level of our game. Did you Were you aware that that was something you wanted to do or was it something you felt you had to do? Oh, definitely something I, I wanted uh, to do. Um, you know, Ponsonby uh, was in, in my blood and in, in my bones and... and um, you know, family affiliations and, and many of the uh, people I'd grown up with and, and many of the people I respected uh, were, were Ponsonby uh, members. So it was very easy uh, to, to stay involved. And, and um, I've got to say that, that the main reason is that I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, mm. I enjoy um, all the interaction that goes on between the different age groups and the different ethnic groups and um, club rugby uh, is is just um, you know tops as as far as I'm concerned. You've got um, players from all different walks of life, different abilities, different sizes, all coming together. And when you all get together on Saturday and Saturday night at the club mm-hmm. uh, after a, a successful or an unsuccessful uh, day, um, it, there's nothing nothing like it. I love it. Family's been very big for you, mate, as well, and and um, and your family have also gone on to forge their own rugby careers. Your boys have, um, you know. Did did you always imagine that, that the boys would follow in your footsteps as, in terms of footy? Well, I guess I I hoped they they would um, uh, possibly uh, put a bit of pressure on them early, but <laughs> I, I soon learnt, Sumo, that uh, I was a bit and Leslie, my darling wife. Um, also uh, assured me that um, keeping my mouth shut was probably the best option, <laughs> and <laughs> so I learned I learned that relatively early in their careers. I, I used to offer advice, and mm. the boys would say, "Shut up, Dad. What do you know?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so and I've got to say, one, once I uh, learned to keep my mouth shut, um, our relationships improved, and, and we're still great great mates nowadays. But Leslie, my wife has been, you know, part of the journey. Yeah, all of my uh, 
rugby journey at the, at the top level. We we started going out when we were seventeen mm. years old. So she's she's been very much uh, part of the the journey and and still is. Yeah, well, she's a remarkable lady, of course, and um, that that support, especially in, in your era of the game, BG, it, it would have been tough, unpaid, away on tour for long months on end. How did the families get by in, the, in those all-black teams? Well, yeah, you're right. Um, the, the clubs, and particularly in the early uh, tours, used to you know, band together and, and raise funds for you, and a... And a um, Strictly amateur era, which uh, probably was against the rules, but um, that that was um, turned turned a blind eye to. Uh, but generally speaking, it was um, you know particular. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In my later tours, there wasn't that sort of support coming from, from the club and, mm. and elsewhere, so you had to make ends meet. And um, I was fortunate in my early legal career to have a, um, an, an employer who, who helped me out, Owen uh, Wright, his name was, and, and, um, and then later on, um, my partner, Kevin McDonald, mm. um, also um, had, had to you know sort of hold the fort while I was away, so... Um, I had great support, and, and Leslie was also, um, she was teaching through part of that as well, so mm-hmm. she was able to earn some income as well. But as you say, uh, amateur era, um, you, you just got to make ends meet. Your your connection with the game um, is so strong, and, and as a rugby player, that's one thing that, that defines you, but also your Samoan heritage defines you. What was it like to be a young kid of, of Samoan heritage growing up in Auckland the time you did? Well, it, it was interesting time. It wasn't very fashionable uh, to be an islander in New Zealand in, in those days. And in mm. fact, um, there's probably a bit of a, a stigma attached to being an islander. And, and um, so, so what I'm particularly proud about is, is the fact that, um, you know, the, the young Polynesian rugby players and netballers and rugby league players and, and, and many of the sports people mm. uh, have, have helped... Um, break down uh, that sort of uh, stigma um, over the course of time and um, to the, the point now where, you know, most of our sports uh, are uh, certainly, um, there, there are many Polynesians playing the game at, at the top level and, and it's mm. very much part of, the, part of the scene now, but it certainly wasn't when I started. No, no, exactly right. And um, those of us in New Zealand will understand um, the various racist policies of our government during the time and, and through the 70s and, and dawn raids. And, and you would have lived that, BG, and, and in your humanitarian capacity and, and your capacity as a citizen of, of island heritage, um, that would have been a particularly trying time as well. Yeah, it was, it was a, a trying time, no doubt about that. And, um, 
you know, uh, when when one considers the, um, the history of uh, Samoa New Zealand relations and uh, the various things that have gone on in the past, it was it was very uh, hard to take. But um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that was the way it was, and you could you could protest as much as you like, and uh, but the government was the government, and that that was their policy. So mm-hmm. um, we we just had to make you know make do. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting for me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a young male of, of bug-out ascent, so I don't understand how tumultuous that must have been for you, and I don't think many people of, of my ethnicity would. But the fact is, I think, BG, if I can put words in your mouth, you were able to compartmentalise different parts of your life, your law career, your rugby career, your cultural identity. Uh, you've always been able to make sure that each is in its place at the appropriate time. Yeah, you're right, Sumer, and I guess it is a trait of mine to um, compartmentalise, as you say. Uh, I, I, uh, I sort of think of my life in, in terms of uh, uh, compartments or chapters, and um, I, I like to, you know, finish that thing and then and then put it away, and finish that thing and put it away. And um, I, I guess it's one of the other key words in my life has, has been balance. You know, mm. just getting the balance right. Sometimes things go for you, and sometimes they don't. And uh, uh, when they don't, you you have to figure out ways to um, you know set things right and and straight again. And and um, that, as I say, that that's been my philosophy for many years. I do want to touch on one other thing about your playing days, BG, before I talk more about your subsequent life and, and certainly in the last couple of decades, administratively coaching and, and through your philanthropic work. But were there players that did and still do stand out for you, whether they were on your side or against you, that, that, that just stick in your mind still to this day? Well, there are, there are so many iconic uh, figures, um, you know, from... Uh, my career, and I guess the people I grew up idolising, you know, mm. Sir Colin Meath, Sir Brian Hall, Sir John Graham, mm. um, people of, of that nature, Walker Nathan, and and um, so so many others, uh, players um, who became larger than life uh, figures, and and just just great people. They weren't just great players; they, they were great people, and they mm. all got involved in in really good uh, causes and. And I guess that was one of the hallmarks of um, amateur rugby, uh, particularly, um, that, that your philosophy wasn't about me. It was about, um, you know, what, what could we do for our community? What could we do for our country? And um, I, I think that served all of us well. I, lots of people say to me nowadays, Sumo, you know, if you played in the professional era, you'd, you'd be a wealthy man. Well, I feel as if I am a wealthy man. I, I haven't got a huge amount of money, but I've, I've got enough to, to get by on. But just the fact that you you live a full and meaningful life, and, and mm. you know so many values and standards that you learn along the way, um, really uh, enhance enhance your life. And I guess that's um, one of the things I um, feel for for the young uh, professional players today that. They need to get that balance in their lives. They need to make sure that um, rugby is not the be-all and end-all. Mm. They they need other things to go on to after their rugby uh, career is over. So uh, I'm happy with my lot. I made no money playing the game, but um, had a huge amount of fun, <laughs> and, and I got a, a lot of uh, life lessons out of it. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, all the money in the world could buy the memories that you made on the rugby field, BG, that's for sure. But uh, look, coaching was another big part of your life and you coached with Morris Trapp, uh, who was a wonderful coach in his own right with Auckland uh, throughout that 80s period and with your Ponsonby club. But you also went on to coach uh, Manu Samoa and uh, I know you got, a, you got a victory at a World Cup in 99 over Sir Graham Henry's Wales team. So I'm sure you still yep. rib him gently about that. Well, I do rub him gently about that, and, and uh, sometimes not so gently. Um, <laughs> no, no, but um, yeah, that that was a special highlight. But no, I, I really enjoyed my my coaching uh, career as well. It, it's um, it's a hazardous o- occupation, as as uh, all coaches will tell you. You're, yeah. you're um, you know, you, you're just waiting uh, to be sacked, really. And, and, um, <laughs> No, I was I was rather fortunate that that didn't happen to me too often. But um, I, I coached with really uh, great great guys, um, mm. Lynn Colling initially at, at Ponsonby, and then Morris at uh, Morris Trap, and and um, and I've, I've coached with with other guys as well. And I've, I, I guess looking at my coaching career, I've, I've probably enjoyed the role as as an assistant coach rather than the head mm. coach. Although mm. I have have been the head coach as well, but. Um, no, those were great days and some great teams. That great Auckland team of the, uh, the early and late eighties and into the nineties. I mean, that, that that was fantastic. And all of those players, I've got to say, once again in the amateur era, um, they've all gone on to really meaningful lives. Mm. And and um, and that that's again one of the hallmarks, I think, of, of uh, the amateur rugby era. BG, I want to touch on something that you've been involved with um, with a lot of passion over the last few years, and that's uh, the New Zealand Rugby Foundation, which is designed to support um, players who have had life-changing injuries in the game. Uh, do you draw significant uh, satisfaction from your role with such an important organisation? Well, I, I, I do. I certainly enjoy um, being able to help out. Obviously, it's, it's a... Um, it, it's a bit of a sweet uh, scenario when yes. when uh, young people are struck down uh, like they are. But what I'm particularly proud about is is that rugby uh, people are, are looking after their own. And um, you know, you look back at, at um, Sir Colin Meads was our, our our patron, and uh, Sir John Graham, and many of the rugby um, uh, greats of the past have have got, gotten themselves involved. Uh, with the New Zealand Rugby Foundation, uh, because we we want to help out. Those are our family, and uh, whenever you have, you know, your family members are, are struck down, um, everyone rallies around and, and and tries to do the best they can to to help out. And so, yeah, I I, I enjoy that part. Um, um yeah, BG. I, I just want to go back to the beginning now and, and talk again once more briefly about your playing career because uh, I know you were most often described as, as the Samoan with the thunderous thighs, but um, I think Luke McAllister might have taken your record there at some stage, buddy. But w- the physical attributes that you brought to the game, they seem to be, um, to me, they were very different to what most players in your position possessed at the time. Did, did you feel different um, in the way you were put together and the way you could perform athletically? I, um, interesting question, Sumo, but I, I, I guess I did. I, I knew I, um, I possessed a, a sidestep particularly. That, that was one of my hmm. uh, main uh, attacking weapons and, 
and I'd, I'd been an athlete. I'd, I'd, I knew I had um, the speed, but when I when I was growing up, um, and particularly at, at first fifteen level, I'd, I thought I was becoming uh, too big, mm. and I, I used to worry about um, you know the big thighs and, and the big. <laughs> Backside and, and and we used to do the weight the weightlifting and I used to wonder whether I was doing the right thing by doing the weightlifting, mm. um, uh, but but ultimately I think all those things actually uh, paid off for me and it it, um, it created a, an athlete that probably was a wee bit different uh, for, for the time and and um, and and hence uh, it, it created my my reputation, I suppose. Yeah, well, you're ahead of your time there, BG, and you're still ahead of your time in everything you do, and it's been a great pleasure to chat to you today. Uh, thank you for all of your contributions to New Zealand's national game, and I know we're going to see plenty more of you uh, before you've emptied the tank. So, Brian Williams, thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure, Sue. All the best. There you go. Sir Brian Williams, one of the great All Blacks, joining us on In Conversation, a Rugby Pass podcast. While we await the return of the short ball, you can catch it all on rugbypass.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 